Boom. Okay. There we go. All right. How we doing? Again, this is weird. Uh, empty sanctuary except for three other guys. Um, but uh, if you can hear me, let me see your thumbs up. You know, type amen, whatever you want to do. Um, go ahead and grab your Bibles. Hope you're sitting around with your families. Hope you're, hope you're engaged. Um, I hope you, uh, you've got your coffee maybe. And uh, today we're going to talk about the Spirit-filled church. So we're going to be in Acts chapter 4. So go ahead and turn there in your Bibles. And when you get there, I want you to type word in the comment section. Um, Acts 4, beginning in verse 32. Word or like or whatever you want to do there. Acts 4.32. As you're turning there, I want y'all to be aware that uh, these guys here are doing the best that they can. They're doing fantastic. But the guy that you need to be praying for is the one behind the computer that's running the slides. And that's me. And so you probably have noticed ever since we started doing live stream that like the slides are just all over the place. Um, so uh, we're doing the best we can. There's a saying we have here at Red Cross. We are imperfect people serving a perfect savior. And so if you are at Red Cross expecting a perfect pastor, you can go ahead and leave um, because <laughs> you're not going to get one here. Um, so uh, Acts 4.32, again, if you're there, comment word, hit like, amen, whatever you want to do. So Acts 4.32, we're going to read to verse 35. Uh, this is, you know, we're, we're preaching on four verses, and so this is going to be good. I, well, I mean, the text is always going to be good. I don't know about the sermon. We'll find out. Acts 4.32, it says this. Now, the full number of those who believed were of one heart and soul, and no one said that any of the things that belonged to him was his own, but they had everything in common. And with great power, the apostles were giving their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. There was not a needy person among them, for as many as were owners of lands or houses sold them and brought the proceeds of what was sold and laid it at the apostles' feet. And it was distributed to each as any had need. Let's open up with prayer. Father God, we're so thankful for your word. and We're thankful for the time that we get to come together to hear your word proclaimed, to hear your word read. So God, we pray that you will use me as you see fit as the herald of your message. Uh, God, we pray for the people that are listening and will listen or watch this later. God, we just pray that you would grab their hearts, uh, that you would show them the truth of your word that we have this morning. We thank you. And we ask all this in your son's precious name we pray. Amen. All right. So um, one of my probably my all time favorite book series and one of my favorite movie series is uh, Lord of Lord of the Rings. You've probably heard me talk about it. I'll geek out talking about this kind of stuff. Uh, but uh, uh, The Fellowship of the Ring is the first book in the series and the first movie in the series. Um, and uh you know, some of you will argue The Hobbit is the first, but we're not going to debate that. But The Fellowship of, of the Ring. So there's this one ring that rules all of the other rings, that rules all the kingdoms, that has so much power. And it was fashioned by the big bad monster named Sauron. And he wants his ring back. And uh, part the, the whole series centers around this mission to take this ring to this mountaintop, this volcano, throw it into it so that it'll be destroyed. It's the only place that can destroy it. 
And so in the fellowship of the ring, in order to do this before this big bad monster gets the power and destroys all of Middle Earth, there's this fellowship of men that come together. Uh, you've got hobbits, you've got a dwarf, you've got an elf, and you've got some humans um, and, and, oh, and a wizard. And so it's great. It's a great series of books. And um, and so in in that book, this this group of men come together for the same purpose to carry the ring to to Mount Doom and destroy it and um, to to Mordor and destroy it. And uh, within this fellowship, they're all different uh, in the beginning of 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 when they come together. They don't like each other. They've got conflicts. There's. There's uh there's some hatred towards a couple people and uh, and but then throughout the movie the first movie the fellowship you see them become closer together you see them become more bonded and so not only do they share a purpose but they also share a concern for each other and uh, they, they 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 share a concern for their safety they they end up being willing Siri is answering me they end up being willing to um, they <laughs> being willing to die for uh, one of them. And, 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 and so we see here what we're coming into is this church that's being fashioned by Christ, this fellowship of believers. And it's through the filling of the Holy Spirit that we see that they are together for a certain purpose and for each other. And so that's what we're going to talk about this morning. We're going to talk about the spirit-filled church, and we're going to talk about how the spirit-filled church is united in the gospel. Now, for those of you that 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 may be joining us for the first time, we're going through the book of Acts, and uh, this has been so good, especially in the in the the context that we're that we're in now. Um, and so, just to give you a little bit of 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 backup, a little bit of backstory, you've got Peter and John. They healed a guy at at, at the beautiful gate at the temple, and um, and then they become. Um, they, 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 they get brought before a council in order to explain what happened to make sure that they weren't doing witchcraft or anything like, like, like that, but also to explain the message that, that they preach, the message of the resurrection of Christ, showing that Christ lives. And then after that, they, the council tells Peter and John, you cannot speak this gospel anymore. You cannot share it anymore. And so what they say is we can't but speak this gospel. And so after they are warned by the, by the council leaders, they come back to their friends. This is, this is a few verses before where we are this, this, this morning. They tell them the story and then what do they do? They pray. They pray for boldness. And what, what ends up happening in verse 30 and 31, um, they're praying at the end of, of verse 30. In verse 31, it says, and when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken. And they are, they, they were filled with the Holy Spirit and continue to speak the word of God with boldness. Now remember, last Sunday we talked about how this is not a new baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's a fresh filling. They are, they are reinvigorated. They are re-encouraged. They are, they are re-empowered to continue doing this. And because of their, because of God's presence and because of the filling of the Holy Spirit, they now have this boldness to continue proclaiming the gospel. And so here we see the effects of this spirit filling within the church. 
In verses 32 through even five, I think verse 11, we see the effects of what's happening now to the church because of this fresh feeling, because of this boldness that they have gathered from their prayer. And so here uh, we are looking at how the spirit filled church is united in the gospel. And we're going to look at two things. We're going to look at how they are united with a purpose and how they are united to together. But those are not the answers that I'm giving to you yet. Okay. So, so verse 32, this is the summary. You know, if you like to, like me, if you like to underline or circle, underline verse 32. Verse 32 tells us now the full number of those who believed were of one heart and soul. I'll, I would circle one heart and soul. That's important because they are united. This is a mirror of what we saw in chapter two, where they had everything in common. And so they are of one heart and soul. And no one said that any of the things that belonged to him was his own, but they had everything in common. And this is all as a result of what Christ has done in the lives of these believers. Now here at Red Cross, we like to emphasize the fellowship that we have amongst one another. I believe here at, at our church, we are, we are a close knit group of people. We are, we are open to visitors and we are welcoming and, but, but, but there's a, there's a sense of how we care for one another here. There's a camaraderie that we have here. Um, this is one reason why we never did away with our fellowship time, even though some people want us to. Um, we, we believe that during that fellowship time, we, there's a unique presence here within that fellowship time. I can't really explain it. And, and, and so, but what we see here is this, this spirit filled church. I believe Red Cross is a spirit filled church. I believe that, that, that we have a concern for the gospel and we have a concern for people. And I love that about our church. As I was studying and, and, and looking over this text and preparing this message, I couldn't help but continue to think about our church and how blessed I am to, to pastor this church and be at this church. And I cannot wait for the day that we're able to come back together to be a gathered church to where we can see that fellowship amongst one another again. Ah, that's, that'll be the day. So this morning I got two things for you to kind of talk about how the church, a spirit-filled church, is um, is united in the gospel. All right. So first thing I, I, I want to show you is this. First, if it'll go, did it go? Is it going? It's not going. You gotta be kidding me. Those technicians, man. It's frozen. All right, here we go. All right, so here we go. Sorry, it froze on me. So number one, a spirit-filled church is united in their devotion to Jesus. United in their devotion to Jesus. Look at verse 33. And with great power... The apostles were giving their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and great grace was upon them all. If you're like me, like to circle or underline, I would circle great power and great grace. 
That's 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 influential here. That, that that's important here with what they were encouraged with. They are united. The spiritual church is united in their devotion to Jesus. You see, when we when we went back to verse 31, we saw that their prayer previously, their prayer was to remain bold in the proclamation of the gospel. That is the whole point of the church. Guys, the church is meant to be missional. The church is meant to be united in the proclamation of the gospel to all nations, all people, all communities. We have a purpose and the purpose was given to us. This mission was given to us right before Christ ascended. We see it in Matthew 28. We see it in 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 Acts chapter one, where it says, preach the gospel to all nations. Make disciples of all nations, baptizing them, teaching them all that I have shown you. We are called to proclaim the gospel. A spirit filled church is united in their devotion to Christ. Firstly, they're united in their devotion to Christ by obedience, living obediently. Do you see that? They are being obedient to the mission that Christ has given them. They had just encountered persecution for the first time. They had just encountered suffering as the people of God. They are now seeing that what Christ has said this whole time, that because they hated me first, they will hate you too. Because you are followers of me, you will suffer They are now experiencing this. And instead of praying in the last section, instead of praying for protection, they prayed for provision. They prayed for God to make them bold so they may continue to proclaim the gospel. And so here they are. They are united in their devotion to Christ to live obediently. Church, they are they are they they are trying to be a holy people, a people set apart for the gospel. They are obeying the commands of Christ to continue preaching. Do you see that? To live obediently and to witness faithfully. To live obediently and to witness faithfully. With great power, the apostles were giving their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and great grace was upon them all. Guys, remember, these are the, these are the guys that were present. They saw Christ resurrected. They saw him physically before he ascended. They have that testimony. These are the guys who, who most of them spent time with Jesus before the crucifixion. These are the disciples. They, they know who Jesus is. They've had the eyewitness accounts. First John one, what we have seen, what we have heard, what we've touched with our hands. We want to share with you this, this, this account of the resurrection. And church, let me tell you, a spirit filled church is united in their devotion to Christ. They're united in their holiness and they're united in their witness. They're united to proclaim the gospel. That's what we should be. We should be united in our focus on missions. The church is to be missional. That's why it was instituted in the first place, to be missional. With great power, the apostles were giving their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And great grace was upon them all. What what that is showing us is this great grace. God is using them 
within their community to transform lives by the preaching and the power of the gospel. God is, God is providing that great grace upon them to where they can go and do amazing things for the sake of the gospel, by God working through them, by the Holy Spirit, the feeling of the Holy Spirit working through them. They have this great power and this great grace. And church, we are called to have this great power and this great grace. We are called to have this great power of, of the gospel. Romans 1.16, for I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God of salvation. We have this great power that we are to share with our world. The great power of the gospel. The, the power is not you preaching it. The power is the word preached through you. And then we have this great grace where God strengthens us and makes us bold to stand before people. Church, we're to be united in that. We're to stand together in that. We, we the, and what we're going to see here shortly is that our, con, our concern first and foremost is with Christ. Our concern first and foremost is with the proclamation of the gospel. Our concern first and foremost is getting that message out. But here we see that because of their, their devotion to Jesus, because of their concern for the gospel, it is expressed through their concern for each other. So not only are they united in their devotion to Jesus, they're united in their devotion to each other. Look at verse 34. 34 says this, There was not a needy person among them. For as many as were owners of lands or houses sold them and brought the proceeds of what was sold and laid it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to each as any had need. The peop a spirit-filled church that is united in the gospel, the spirit-filled church that has a devotion to Jesus, it spills over with their devotion to each other. They, the, what we see here with the early church is they did not care about material things. They, the, these people, the, and these were rich people in 34 and 35. The, these were landowners. They were willing to sell everything they had to give to the needy within themselves, within their church, within the believers. And why is that? Because they've been given much. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. What, why would those people be merciful? Because they've been given mercy. So why are these people given everything they have? Because they've been given the greatest treasure ever. And that's Jesus. They have seen that their material possessions don't, they, they don't count for anything when it's compared to Christ. They see now that, that they've been given the greatest treasure of all. So what can we do to help the church out? Because they've been given much, they want to give much. Because they've been given and blessed with what they have. They want to give it back to the church. They want to give it back to the people. They want to make sure that the needs are met. People are not going hungry here. Verse 32, now the full number of those who believed were with one heart and soul, and no one said that any of the things that belonged to him was his own, but they had everything in common. Verse 34, there was not a needy person among them. Why? Because they realized that 
Everything that they've been blessed with, everything that they've been given, has been given by God for the purpose of missions, for the purpose of the gospel, for the purpose of the church. Now, I'm not sitting here telling you to, you know, landowners and homeowners to go and sell your house and give it to the church. That's not, that's not what I'm telling you here. But what I am telling you is that a spirit-filled church, one that has truly been transformed by Christ, the spirit-filled church sees that the people of God count more than the things of, of, of this world. And that the treasure of Christ is worth more than anything that this world can provide for us. Christ, the gospel, is worth more than, than our homes, our cars, our fancy toys, our iPhones. These people are willing to sell anything and everything to fulfill the needs with just, just within their own church, within their own people. So a spirit-filled church is united in their devotion to Jesus and they're united in their, in their devotion to each other. Why is that? This almost sounds like communism. This, isn't, this is not communism. This is not where, hey, we're a people and we're going to sell everything and then you get whatever you... It, it's not that. Because what it is, is in the end of verse 35, the apostles would distribute to each as any had need. This had nothing to do with us sharing all of our possessions and stuff like that. But why is it that they have this devotion? Where does this devotion come from? They are united in a devotion to Christ and united in a devotion to each other. Why? I believe it is because they have realized Christ is devoted to them. And because of Christ's devotion to them, because of going to the cross, dying for their sins, being resurrected three days later, because of, their, because of Christ's devotion to them, to the people of God, they believe that they, to be Christ-like, should have a heart and a soul and a devotion for the people of God and for Christ Himself. So my question right, right now, just as we tackle that part, my question is this, do you have this devotion to Christ. Do you have this devotion because of what Christ has done for you? They're not devoted to Christ to be saved. You cannot have a heart for Christ to be saved. You have a heart for Christ because you are saved. You cannot love other people. You cannot be devoted to other people to be saved. You are devoted to other people. You have a love for other people because you are saved. And let me tell you, let me ask you this. Do you see anything between these two devotions? Do you see it related to anything else in all of Scripture? What about in Deuteronomy, where it tells us that we are to love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and we are to love our neighbor as ourselves? My son is, uh, he learned that question last week in his New City Catechism. How, how do we glorify God? By loving God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength and loving our neighbor as ourself. See, the people of God see that. They are doing that here in Acts 4. They are devoted to Christ with the love for Him with all their, with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength. And they're loving, loving their neighbors as themselves. They are reaching out to give for the needy, to take care of the people within their church 
for the sake of the gospel. And we're going to see this more throughout the book of Acts. They're going to they're going to hit 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 a time where financial need becomes a big deal. And the church steps up. Here, the people of God. They have a concern for Christ and a concern for each other. So let me let me ask you. Do you have those same concerns? Do you care about the people within your own local church? Do you care about the people of the church worldwide? We see that we can we can see your care for other people by how you give your money to church, what you what you give it for. What do you give your money for? See, here at Red Cross, we designate, we can designate our funds, our, our giving. We can designate it to, you know, certain ministries. We can designate it to certain, you know, like a building fund or the cemetery fund. You, know, you can designate to whatever. But let me ask you guys, do you designate it in a selfish manner? Do you give in a way in which you have a care for other people or is it because you're trying to serve your own selfish needs? Do you give in a way to where it is because of your devotion to Christ or is it because you want a tax write-off? Think about that. Do you give to the church in a way because Christ has transformed your life or because you feel it is, it is a paycheck into heaven? Church, we give because we've been given much. We give to help other people in need because Christ has helped us in our need. We give for the sake of missions because the gospel has already come to us. Now we need to get it out to other people. We give for the sake of serving because Christ has served us. We give for the sake of love because Christ loved us enough to die for us. We give out of devotion to other people because of not only our devotion to Christ, but because of his devotion to us. So let me let me ask you that again. Are you do you have a devotion for Christ and a devotion for each other? Because we here in in the church, we are all covered by the same blood of Jesus. We are all adopted into the grace of God as brothers and sisters in Christ. We should have a concern for each, each other. And even more applicable, we should have a concern for our neighbor, whether or not they're saved. Because even while we were sinners, Christ died for us. So we should have that concern for other people as well. So, I don't know where you're at this morning, but one thing that, that, that I, as I was studying this text this week, one thing I thought about was, is even during this pandemic, how we're seeing the church make a stand. We're seeing the church's concern for each other. We're seeing the church's concern for their neighbor, for their community. We're seeing the church step up by serving people during this time. And most importantly, we're seeing the church step up for the sake of the gospel. Churches could have easily just stopped gathering and not tried to get, get the message out across social media. The church easily could have not cared. But what we see here through this pandemic, you know, 
right now over your Facebook feed and maybe YouTube or whatever, your, your news feed is probably covered with different churches that are gathering today. Not gathering in person, but they're providing a live stream service. The gospel is getting out because the church has a devotion to Jesus. The spirit-filled church has a devotion to Christ. That's why we want to continue doing this and getting the gospel out, whatever means necessary, because of our devotion to Christ, but also because of our devotion to each other. The preaching of the gospel is not preaching of the gospel. It glorifies Christ. It saves lost people and edifies and matures the believer. There's a purpose for all of this. And it's because the Spirit-filled church is united in the gospel. It's because of the gospel that we have a devotion to Christ. And it's because of the gospel we have a devotion to each other. So I pray that if you do not feel that devotion, get on your hands and knees and beg God for it. Because I can tell you, if you start asking God for a devotion to Christ and a devotion to each other, that he's going to give it to you. Maybe you need to ask God to help give you a little more trust in filling other people's needs, whether it be financially, whether it be sacrificially, whether it be physically, whatever that would look like. And maybe, maybe through this time you've been trusting in your own self. Maybe you've been trusting in your own strength and you have not shown any devotion to Christ. Maybe during this time you need to get back with God. Man, he's he's right there. God didn't go anywhere. In fact, here's the beauty of the gospel. The gospel is not that we pursue Christ. The gospel is that Christ has pursued us, has ran to us, has come to us. In fact, he draws us to him. He does the work. All you have to do is reach out to him, call on him, Anyone who confesses with their mouth that Jesus is Lord and believes in their heart that God raised him from the dead, they will be saved. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Call on the name of the Lord. I pray, I pray that if you've never come to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, that you would reach out, you would call me, text me, message me, let's talk. Or if you would right now at this very moment, call on Jesus. Maybe something here has gripped you. Maybe something here has shown you the truth of the gospel. I pray it, it has. I'm a weak man, but the, the, the authority that comes from this preaching is from the word of God. So I pray that you come to know Jesus Christ through this. We're going to do one, one more song. We're going to sing How Great Thou Art. Is that right? Yeah. How Great Thou Art. Um, Again, we're going to continue with the live stream services um, until further notice. Um, and so uh, if you need a DVD of the service, uh, hit me up. Um, uh, if not, these will be available on our website, on our Facebook page, and on our podcast. So um, if you can access the Internet, there are three different ways for you to access our, our worship services. All right. Our podcast is just for is just the sermon for copyright reasons. But uh, the Facebook page and our website has the entire service on it.
All right, guys, let's go ahead and pray. Father God, we are thankful for your word. We're thankful for who you are. We're thankful for the gospel that has saved us and transformed us. Lord, help us to be a spirit-filled church, one that is entirely devoted to Christ and entirely devoted to each other. Help us, God. Help us as we seek to proclaim the gospel, as as, as, as we seek to be missional within our community. Help us, God, to put you first. To keep your word first. Help us, Lord, as we continue to sing, as we continue to praise you, help us to see how great you are, how glorious you are. Because it it was only by your grace and mercy that you sent your son Jesus to die for our sins. It is only by your love that you were willing to do that. So, God, I pray that you would help us to be at all in that you saved wretches like us. We do not deserve your grace and mercy. And if anybody here is listening and has never put their faith and trust in you, God, draw them to you, grab their hearts, crush their hard hearts and give them new hearts of desire. God, give them hearts for you. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for your grace and mercy. We ask this in your son's precious name we pray. Amen.